Okay, so here we go. The uh, playoff committee's freshly minted number one team, the Ohio State Buckeyes, our uh, beloved alma mater, heads to Ann Arbor to face number 13, Michigan. High noon on Fox. Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt are, will be on the call as they've been, it seems like, virtually every game this year. They're kind of like the voice of the Buckeyes so far this year. The line as it stands right now is Ohio State minus 8.5. The over-under is 50. I just had a quick uh, peek at the weather forecast. Right now, according to the Weather Channel, mid-30s, only a 20% chance of the dreaded frozen mix, as Mr. Gallagher likes to call it. So we might not have quite the weather situation that, that we anticipated. Uh, could be somewhat windy, though. Winds at about 13 to 15 miles per hour, according to the Weather Channel. So that is, uh, that's where we stand going into Saturday. Why don't we go around the horn here, guys, and get some initial impressions. Mike Corcoran, I'd like to start with you. Why don't you just give us a, a quick uh, one-minute uh, or so preview of, of how you see this game? Yeah, you know, after last week, I was listening to the podcast. I'm surprised you guys didn't bring up how soft the middle looked. I, I thought someone said it earlier in the season how Werner and, and Borland are probably our, our weak spots. I, I thought that Will Levis got eight yards up the middle, over the tackle, over the nose, uh, the center, every time he wanted it. Yeah. And normally that would be my biggest um, uh, scare, you know. <laughs> That would that would worry me the worst, uh, the right. most out of, out of this game. But they, but Michigan just doesn't have a running game. I mean, they who, who do they got that Char, that Charbonnet? What's that guy? Is that French guy? Yeah, <laughs> they got. You know, I don't see Shea Patterson running it over. I think um, our, our secondary could finally. They haven't been tested all year. They haven't faced any kind of quarterback. Not that Shea Patterson's all that great, but. Um, I guess they're going to have to put it up, and I, and I think our secondary is up for it. And then our offense, um, I think, will be ready. So All right. I'm not that worried about this game. Okay. Go Parker, ahead, you must have been listening to the Alternative North Stands podcast because I totally <laughs> brought that up. Yeah, Paige did mention that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is that? Oh, I it's the, yeah, it's the podcast you must have been listening to because at the very end, Zach brought it. He he asked if there were sort of any general concerns, and that was one of the things that I mentioned. So you, you clearly have uh, mentioned that like three, four games ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also, we also addressed that too, Mikey. That uh, you know that we we hadn't like our defensive scheme was not made planned for that. The, the, what's his face got hurt, and that's exactly right. So. Once they got adjusted, they were fine. Yeah, so I thought they were fine. Company. Yeah, we, uh, well, and Paige, you had mentioned that the week before, uh, Johnny Landgren, Rutgers uh, uh, quarterback, had some success, a little bit of success running the ball on, you know, designed quarterback runs. And he's another a big dude, uh, just like that Penn State kid, right? So, yeah, may, maybe there's something there. Um, I mean, I don't know that you can win a game like that. I mean, you might be able to have some success, but but Chad, I I agree with you. In the fourth quarter against Penn, you know Ohio State adjusted and they took that away, and and uh, in the end, you know it turned out to be a detriment to have such a young quarterback in there because Ohio State was able to take advantage through a bad, terrible interception, just could not deal with Ohio State's pressure in the end. But yeah, you may be right. There might be something there. And Michigan does struggle to run the football. Maybe they do, uh, you know, deploy Shea Patterson more as a runner on design quarterback runs to get something going in the running game. You, you, you could be right about that. 
We'll see. Tim, how do you see this game going in? I see it as uh, uh, the toughest game they're going to play all year, the toughest team. Uh, I think the way Michigan's playing right now, I think they're a better team than Penn State, meaning if they played again, I think Michigan would win. Um, And it's a rivalry game, and it's a way. And so, you know, I was thinking about this. You guys may know this off the top of your head more than I do, but, but other than down five to nothing to Miami of Ohio, has Ohio State been down meaningfully in any game this year? No, I, I don't I, think so. No. I don't think we've trailed. Yeah, I think the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And so that's a total wild card. You know, if Michigan starts fast or whatever and we get down and it's, you know, 17-7 or 14 nothing or something like that, uh, it's uncharted territory for us this year. We just haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think that there's a possibility that that happens. Uh, and, again, we haven't seen what the response to that's going to be. So yeah. we had a nice 21-point cushion last week before – we gave the ball away a bunch and Penn state scored. And so, you know, we were still always leading in that game. Uh, I, I think it's going to be tough and I, you know, hats off the page at mid season for calling. This is the tough game. It, it always is. I think Michigan has looked very different the second half of the season. So, um, and then the last thing that I kind of plays into my mind is, you know, these guys had a historic loss last year. I mean, they got wiped off the field. And, uh, you know, they've been talking a lot about it. I was reading something about how, um, you know, maybe they don't take the rivalry quite as seriously as we do. But I think they're taking 62 points last year and everyone who's still on that team very seriously. And, um, you know, it's a motivating factor. So Mm -hmm. I expect they'll be ready to play. Yeah, yeah, well, as they should. I would certainly hope they would have taken that to heart, right, and personally. But, but you make a good point, right? I mean, sometimes injured pride can be a great motivator, in a, especially in a rivalry game like this. Chad, why don't you uh, tell us how you see this game going in? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I, I felt pretty confident. Even, you know, a few weeks back when I had said that their offense was starting to click, like that Big Jimmy was uh, letting the rain, like, you know, letting go a little bit of the rain, letting that offensive coordinator they brought in there you know, have a little bit more leeway. And obviously we see that they're playing a little bit faster on defense. And, you know, over the last week, I'm a little bit more nerved up about this game than I was a month ago, three weeks ago, or, you know, at the beginning of the season when we started the cast. But, you know, I, I mean, I think we're going to be fine. Um, you know, uh, we need to get out to a fast start. Like Tim said, we, we, we I, I would prefer not to get behind, obviously, but, uh, you know, I think that but last week was big. The adversity that they, they faced last week was really the only, you know, b- bogus thing that we even faced all year. I mean, remotely. And like, so I think, you know, that was a, a big thing that, that happened last week. Um, I want to see just how long uh, Harbaugh's wrinkle uh khakis take to get wrinkled because <laughs> I think he's going to be freaking. Um <laughs> But uh, he's such a douchebag. But um, I'm excited, man. I looked. I I look for Fields to have a good game, man. I I, I look like we talked last week. But Paige, I think you said it a couple of times. I think we're gonna like do a lot more with on the offensive side than we did uh, last week. I think they're gonna be throwing the ball a lot more. Um, I'm sure they're gonna get. 
JK will see his, you know, his, you know, carries as much as possible as well. But offensive line needs to step up. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nerved up, man. I, I, I can't wait right. till, till fucking kickoff. Yeah. Hey, you and me both, man. I'm amped up as well. Matt, why don't you give us your initial impressions of how you see this game? Well, um, first off, Tim, Paige is best, like, this is the tough game call. We haven't played the game yet, so it's still, like, it's it's still theoretically not a good call. Actually, I'm, I'm going to still call. Um, you know, we haven't trailed because there's a really good reason. We're a really good team. And I think that because we've had an aggressive mindset, uh, that on both sides of the ball, it's served us well and why we've had a the season had a – yeah, we'll be perfectly honest, a new sensation of having kind of an SEC mentality as a team where we just take it, take people to the to the barn and beat the shit out of them. Um, to Mike's point, though, is the biggest concern for me is how well uh, these guys stop the, the run, uh, even though that's not their Michigan strong suit. Um, Tough Borland had a fantastic, like almost revelatory game last year. So how he and with the addition of Browning play and kind of handle that run, because to me, uh, the Hassan Haskins is, is the wild card for Michigan. Mm. Uh, the two games where he went over 100, he went 149 versus New, uh, Notre Dame and then 125 against the Illini. That's not, that's not small yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why the, the Chardonnay has gotten in front of him, but I think he is the more dangerous thing, and he's going to one that I think that, you know, Michigan's going to try to be unconventional and maybe do more run than throw. Hmm. Um, the DBs have been tested and they're proven. They've been locked down the whole year. I don't think that there's anything going to prove it. Like these receivers from Michigan are pretty good. Um, and they're, talent-wise, they're very good, but they, I don't think they have the quarterback or the instrument to, to show their talent at their full height. I just don't think it's possible. I think Patterson will beat us or hurt us more with his feet than with his arm. Okay, interesting. I don't think this will, and I don't think this will be a close game. Wow. Okay. All right. Paige, last time we talked, you said you were pretty worried about this one. Are you still feeling that way? I go back and forth. I think it, it's kind of funny just listening to everybody on this podcast. We all are very similar in age. So we all have the same John Cooper scars on our back. <laughs> and I think that leads to a lot of the consternation that, that we all are probably feeling. But if, you know, if you're somebody, if we had a 27 year old on this podcast instead of 49 and 50 year olds on the podcast, would they even remotely be worried about this game? I would <laughs> tend to think they wouldn't, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. um, but no, yeah, I, I'm, um, so on one hand, yes, I'm, I'm very nervous. But then on the other hand, it all comes down to matchups. And if you're Michigan, where do you love your matchups against Ohio State? I mean, okay, you've got great wide receivers. Okay, well, we have three corners that are all playing um, on Sunday. Um, you know, yeah. Shea Patterson or Justin Fields. I'm taking Justin Fields, yeah. right? Um you know, offensive line, defensive line, you go down the line in just about every single place. We really have a decided advantage just from a, 
personnel and talent perspective. Yeah. So yeah. why am I so goddamn nervous for this game? Good question. I, I don't know, but I am. And, um, I, you know, I, I just, I come back to the fact that, you know, not only are rivalry games important and stuff like that, it's just that we are still living those John Cooper games. And I think it, it almost warps, it, 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 it overcomes us than, you know, just what we're seeing with our eyes that's happening in the current present day. <laughs> I was listening to the Letterman Row. They did a kind of a midweek podcast. And one of the guys uh, that's covering, has been covering Ohio State, you know, he lived in Columbus, has been an Ohio State fan all his life, is like us. He's probably about the same age and he's scarred from the John Cooper years. And then Austin Ward, who uh, kind of runs Letterman Row, he used to write for ESPN. He's been covering Ohio State for about eight years or nine years. So all he knows is complete dominance from Ohio State. And the two of them are going back and forth. And, and Birmingham was like, look, you don't understand. You weren't around here for the Cooper years. That scarred me for life. I, it, it will always affect the way I view this game. Um, but, but, you know, when we, we were talking a few, you know, at the, mid, at the mid-year pod, we talked about which remaining game was the greatest concern for us. And I think we, it all came down to Penn State or Michigan. And, you know, I think, Paige, and you and I kind of concluded that, you know, really, I mean, if you're going by recent history, the game to be most concerned about was Penn State. Uh, and it's been that way for a few years. That's the team that has really been much more our equal on the field than Michigan, albeit there have been some close results in the Michigan game over the last six or seven years as well. 2016, that game could have gone either way. 2013, you had a terrible Michigan team, actually, that you're lining up to win the game uh, with a two-point conversion. Uh, so, so crazy things do happen in this game, even when one team, at least statistically, is much, much better uh, uh, than the other. And, you know, we've been on the short end of that several times, but we've done it to Michigan as well. Um, you know, so I, I was, I was, when we, when we hung up on Sunday, I was with you, Paige. I was concerned about this game. I was expecting a close game, bracing myself for a close game. And then I, I actually had a couple extra hours this week and I kind of dug, dove into the stats and, and, and dug as deep as I could. I'm not an, an analytical person when it comes to numbers typically, uh, and then it, it, what what was revealed was something I, I was surprised by what it revealed. First of all, um, at the beginning of the year, coming out of that Army game, we all talked about Jesus Christ. I mean, they they couldn't run the ball against Army. Uh, Shea Patterson couldn't hit the broadside of the barn with a football. And and if you if you look at the numbers, while Michigan has has been better and has looked better, um, they still can't run the ball. I, look look at. Just last week, uh, I, I went through their numbers. I mean, last week against Indiana, they, they ran for 87 yards on 29 carries. The week before against Michigan State, 83 yards on 34 carries. The week before that against Maryland, who's terrible, Maryland should be a name-your-score, name-your-stat game for a program like Michigan. Maryland is awful. You should be able to do whatever you want against that team, much like Ohio State and Penn State did they ran it for 154 yards, but on 34 carries. You know, that's 4.6 yards per carry against that Maryland defense. So, you know, the problems that were there at the beginning of the year are still there in the run game. They haven't changed. I mean, I think maybe we were all fooled, you know, for, for a moment 
with that, that performance against Notre Dame where they ran for 300 yards, but it took them almost 60 attempts to get there, by the way. So Michigan still cannot run the football. They're 76 nationally in rushing offense. I heard an interesting stat on Bucknuts this morning. The team that has run the ball the best in this game, in other words, has come out with the most rushing yards in this game, has won the last 18 matchups. And Michigan is 76 in the country in rushing offense. Um, Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken, is, well, they're somewhere in the top five. I don't have the numbers here in front of me. Um, but a decided advantage for Ohio State in the run game. And if we're going to get weather, the run game's going to be crucial. I think that is a huge advantage for Ohio State that nobody's talking about. It's been kind of glossed over because we're seeing these sexy passing numbers from Michigan against the likes of Maryland and a Michigan State team that's in a tailspin and an Indiana team that's, you know, solid. But let's face it, they're not the freaking 86 Bears. So that's something that's been overlooked, I think, in the analysis is, is the fact that Michigan cannot run the football. And if you, if you guys will indulge me, I got one more stat. Sorry, does someone have a comment before I go to the next stat? No, go ahead, man. Okay. If you guys will indulge me, just a, cu- a couple more stats here, but I think they, they're, they're revealing. Um, you know, the Michigan State passing attack, all right? They do have some, they have explosive elements to the passing attack. I think Nico Collins is a very good wide receiver. I think he's one of the best in the country. I've been talking about him all year. I think that group of receivers is excellent. Um, they're 18th in the country in passing yards completion. That's per completion, which is pretty good. But as a, on the whole, the passing game is not, we're not talking about LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson type explosive. We're not even talking Ohio State explosive. Michigan State is 50th nationally in passing offense. By comparison, Ohio State is 49th, and that's just because we have great balance. Shea Patterson is 31st nationally in passing efficiency. That means there's 30 other starting quarterbacks in the FBS that are more efficient as passers. By comparison, Justin Fields is 4th. Shea Patterson is 74th in completion percentage. That means 73 other starting quarterbacks in the FBS are more accurate than Patterson. Justin Fields, by comparison, is 9th. Shea Patterson is only completing 59.5% of his passes this season. That's actually down five percentage points from last year. And I think where he makes up for it is they do have explosive down the field, uh, you know, vertical passing game that, that is really kind of the, that, that is the bread and butter of their offense. They rely heavily on those plays to generate offense. So, you know, Michigan is 34th in scoring offense. Ohio State is number one by comparison. Michigan State is 57th in offensive yards per play. Ohio State is sixth nationally. These are all national statistics. So while Michigan's passing attack, while their offense is better, it's still just kind of okay. It's, it's not that good. I mean, that's, the, that's what the numbers are telling me. And, and Tim, you made the point earlier. I mean, you know, it's a rivalry game. There's emotion. There's injured pride. There's, you know, all the things that come with a rivalry. And I understand, you know, they, they, don't, they don't say, like, you can throw the statistics out the window for no reason, right? That's a cliche for a reason because sometimes they don't matter. But I do think they're revealing in this matchup. And I, I, it had me rethinking my pick. I, I think, you know, especially you're, you're talking about an Ohio State defense that's in the top three or four in every defensive statistic that matters and if they're able to take away the vertical passing game, those explosive plays down the field, and there's good reason to think that they can, that they can at least limit them, then you're taught you're left, Michigan's offense is left with a quarterback who's completing 59% of his passes and a running game that poses virtually no threat to that Ohio State defense. It's not like they're going to have to cheat a, a safety up into the box to stop it. 
I mean, they can go base and feel comfortable that they can stop that running game. So that that I was very surprised to see that the Mich- Michigan offensive numbers were still pretty paltry relative to kind of these recent results. Uh, anyway, thanks for indulging me on that long rant there about stats, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. do, do you guys have any comments? Uh, Matt, yeah, go ahead. I, uh, yeah, I think to put all that very succinctly, like they're one-dimensional. And yeah. one and that a one-dimensional team is simply not going to beat this defense. They will not. You have to come at them with more things. I agree. And, so, and also psychologically, I mean, they got their ass kicked last year. What makes them think they can – they got to – like our team is better. So what makes them think like they're going to get revenge <laughs> when they don't have as strong a defense and they don't have as strong of offense that they can be motivated by revenge. But I think there's also psychology that they were like, we need to prevent getting our ass beat that bad again. And I think that that's a different way of, like, I think that's more the mindset that could be lingering as well. Well, right. And, and you know, during that stretch, when we, during the Cooper years, when we just could not seem to summon, you know, our best performance in the Michigan game, it was almost always one of the worst games we played in, in, that, in, in a given season. You know, all it took was a fumble or a dropped pass or, you know, for the fans to groan, here we go again. And you can almost kind of see it in the body language of the players. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, Michigan may very well turn the tides on Saturday, but I'm looking, this, what I'm seeing in the numbers does not favor them, does not point to that. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Um, well, and, and, well and along, along with the numbers, Zach, I think the other thing I was watching an interview with Day, and they spend a lot of time, uh, they have this board that Pantone keeps of recruits. And somebody asked a question about, you know, Ohio State and Michigan don't really bump into each other a lot on the recruiting trail. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's exceptions like Donovan People-Jones and stuff like that. But for the most part, given two schools that are pretty much next to each other, like we're not recruiting the same places and the same caliber of kids. And I think that's what your stats are bearing out is just you look at the recruiting classes we've had over the last, you know, seven years versus what they've had, and they're not comparable. They're no. not comparable at all. No. Um, and that's, I think that's the big advantage that Ohio State has is that they've got the athletes. And this year in particular, they've got the coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Meyer was great in his own right. way, and he obviously was perfect against Michigan. I think a lot more from motivation. Um, but I think this year... I think in every aspect, our kids are being coached better than they have been in in recent memory. I, I mean, like look at Damon Arnett or or Pete Warner, you know, even Tough Borland, guys like that that were considered the weak link Akuda. of those defense. Well, Akuda for sure. You could see Akuda come on toward yeah. the end of last season, but I'm talking about the guys that were kind of viewed as the weak links of those defense last year. Those guys are playing well this year. You know, I yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I've read a lot of things that, like, a lot of NFL scouts are big on Warner, man, because he can, like, in coverage. He's, he's a good big in coverage. Hitter, so just, yeah. He's a big yeah. dude, too. He's a big – he's, like, 6'3". So I, I think you make an excellent point there, uh, Tim, and I totally agree that that they are getting better coaching uh, for sure. I, I totally agree on that. So here's a question, and Paige, I think you were getting at this. Um, all right, so, you know, we're playing Sandlot football. Let's break up both rosters. We pick two captains to pick teams. Yeah, how how many Ohio State players are selected before the first Michigan player? 
right? Chase Young, Jeffrey Okuda, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins. Those are the first. I mean, all four of those guys are finalists for major individual awards. In some cases, multiple awards. Young, Okuda, Fields, Dobbins. You might even be, you might even be pulling Sean Wade off the board, Malik Harrison off the board, Olave. Uh, Olave. I mean, it's just so. I, I think to your point, Paige and and Tim, you, you guys are getting at the same thing. That I think there's a distinct talent advantage here. Doesn't not to say Michigan doesn't have good players. They have some good players, to be sure. But I think in, in terms of the the volume is clearly on Ohio State side. The statistics point to that and not, we're not talking about just a handful of, 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 of statistics on one side of the ball or the other I mean on both sides of the ball and all the meaningful statistics Ohio State is right there uh, I mean in the top three uh, and, and ahead of Michigan in all of them um, the other yeah, thing and, sorry go ahead Matt go ahead go ahead buddy oh I, I was no why don't you go ahead I was going to move us to a so different I- you know, and to the point that uh, Tim and Paige talked to, but also culturally, I think we have a, a, a national championship mindset. I think Harbaugh and how he has the culture there is significantly different. I think that they bring guys and they sell them on, we're going to get you ready for the pros. You're going to get the top of, you know, the top uh, training. You're going to get the truck support. You know, we're going to make you into a better person, better player. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to be there and have that be that support system. Uh, but also, ultimately, we're going to make you into winners. I don't think that they, everything that I read about from Chase Winovich to what everyone else says about how they view their program, I just don't think it's at that same level uh, in approach that, that uh, Urban and now Day does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and, and I mean, that's why the, the rivalry is a 16 to 2 edge Ohio State edge, right? I mean, I, I think we're starting to see we're going on two decades now. So, I mean, now, I do have some questions that, you know, lingering from Penn State. I mentioned these in the, in the postgame pod on Sunday. So, you know, how much is left in, in the tank for Ohio State coming off a pretty tough physical game with Penn State, right? Now, will Michigan be getting an OSU team that's somewhat depleted emotionally and physically, how nicked up is Justin Fields? There's some rumors going around. There's maybe a, a, an injury to his non-throwing hand, something with his ankle. We all saw that on, uh, you know, at the end of the game. Fields went down briefly and, and uh, you know, left the field on his own power, but appeared to be a little nicked up. Will J.K. Dobbins be worn out from a career-high 36 carries against Penn State? Will Ohio State be as motivated knowing they've already punched their ticket to Indy and can win the conference and probably make the playoffs regardless of the outcome in Ann Arbor on Saturday? Are they riding high from being, you know, freshly minted by the playoff committee as the number one team? If, if these questions, if any of these questions could be answered in the affirmative, then I think Michigan playing at home, maybe in cold weather, maybe a little precipitation, with injured pride from the 62 to 39 loss last season has a, has a shot, right? If, if we can answer those questions in the affirmative, but I mean, I think that's what you're banking on as a Michigan fan. That's what you're hoping for as a Michigan fan. I'm sorry. Give me the talent every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Give me the horses. I'll take the studs. And, and those are clearly on Ohio state side. Yeah. I'll take Mariotti like, uh, his, his training program. So I don't think there's going to be any letdown there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are, I, I'm not sure I believe in any of those questions, but I'm just throwing them out there. Mike, what do you think about all this stuff that we've mentioned? Do you have anything you want to say? 
Well, we're eight and a half point favorites in Ann Arbor. So all of that, the talent on the field is, is, is accounted for. We're supposed to win. We're number one. They're 13. I was looking at last year's game. They may, were they favored last year? They, they were. were number four. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were. They were, weren't they? Yeah. And, you know, the halftime score was 24-19. I think we were up. And I would, the way I know that, I was just watching it earlier. Yeah. Anyway, um, we, that, that game turned really crazy in the second half. There was big play after big play. We had the Brock punt. We had Paris Campbell go the distance. Yeah. They got blown out by the final score, but that just turned into a crazy game. I mean, we 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 and we also gave up forty points too. Yeah, well, we gifted them so, that touchdown, uh, the 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 touchdown on the f- muffed kickoff there. Yeah, right? they were starting was, to run away with that, right. and we gave them a, a free touchdown there. Sixty-two uh, point. Yeah, it's yeah, it, but th- I'm just my whole point on that is that even though you can match up on the field, and uh, and you're supposed to win the game, you're favored in in, in your away. Yeah, you know, that's how much they were favored. Imagine if it was Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor last year. They, you know. Yeah, that's true. A lot more. Well, it's a good point. I so mean, Michigan goes crazy ways. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Michigan. You, you ready for predictions or? Yeah, in a second here, but I was just gonna, I was just gonna say to your point, Michigan is, uh, you know, they're, they're they're a different team at home, right? Their last loss at home was two years ago to Ohio State. That's the last time they lost at home. So, they do play better at home, and yeah, you definitely have to account for that for sure. Well, so if you guys are ready, why don't we go around the horn with predictions? Mike, why don't I start with you? Do you got a prediction for us? Um, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> these, these games, Michigan's been up for these games, and uh, and they're definitely going to feel, you know, getting 62 points uh, hung on them last year, and they'll come out swinging. They punched, they've been punching above their weight for the last eight years, really, with the exception of even 2015. They were, they were you know, we were only up a touchdown in the third quarter. So, that's they, right. what I'm saying, they come out uh, uh, ready to play and, and play as well as they can. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I, by the time the third, fourth quarter comes around, all the motivation and all that stuff kind of just gets swallowed up by the players on the field. We're at definitely superior again, and so I'm going to go with um, 35-17. Wow, 35-17. All right. I like it. Tim, what do you think? Give us your prediction. Yeah, uh, tough game, four-quarter game. Uh, I'm getting a different weather report than you got, Zach. I'm, I'm seeing 70% frozen mix, 37 degrees. Wow, okay. Rain, rain, rain in the morning and maybe, maybe getting colder. Um, I just think that makes it tough to, to do a lot on offense. Uh, like the fact that I think, you know, Michigan is not really going to run the ball that well against us. So I think it favors us. I agree. Um, but I, I think it's a slug fest, you know, I think it's close the whole way. And, you know, I think Ohio state 31, 21, 31, 21 Buckeyes. Okay. So both of you guys think they cover. Um, yep. all right, good. Chad, give us your prediction, my friend. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go make this short and sweet. I'm going with uh, Ohio State 42, Michigan 28. Wow, you think they put up 28 on us, huh? Okay. Yeah. All right, but we put up 42 on them. All right, I like it. Mr. Sloan, (laughs) what do you think? So, you know, the biggest uh, 
obstacle. And the biggest people that are under spotlight right now are Justin Fields and Ryan Day. They have not. This is their first Michigan game. One as a coach, one as a starting QB. Everything else does not matter right now. Whatever they've done before this game does not matter because this game rides, their reputation starts here. This is where your reputation is incomplete until this game is over. So I think that yeah. they will both both be coming fired up. This will be the eighth win for the Buckeyes. So you eight times seven is 56. There'll be a field goal to start the game. So final score 59 to six. Woo! Then slaughter. Yeah, so, baby. <laughs> look, fifty-nine to what? Six. Fifty-nine to six. Lot of small. Wow. Like there may be a frosty mix, but they're not building snow castles in front of the end zone, so they'll be getting there okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I love it, man. I would love to see that. Uh, I don't need to sweat this one out, man. Paige, give us your prediction, my friend. So. Unlike Plummer, I'm not going to be short and sweet on this because I've actually given this quite a lot of thought. And, and Sloaner just touched on it. And so, um, to me, this game comes down to two people. And the, the first person is Chase Young. And we never really talk about him, which is interesting. But he's on our team. He's not on their team. And I think Chase Young is probably worth <laughs> 10 points a game. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, how valuable is that guy? How disruptive is that guy? And I was thinking about what's a number you could place on him in any individual game. And I, I, I think 10 might even be conservative. So it is. I think that is just a huge, huge advantage for us. But the second one, and Sloaner just said it, is Ryan Day. So let's talk about Ryan Day. I've been on the record from the very beginning of this season on this podcast of saying, Hey, I'm a little worried about him. And it's actually the reason why I thought this team could be, you know, lose two or three games. Um, he is a first time head coach and he's a first time head coach at Ohio state. That's a big deal. And so I'm, I worry about that and I worry about it in the biggest moments in the biggest games. And this is, I mean, you couldn't have drawn this up anymore for all the marbles at the end of the season, a playoff berth on the line against your arch rival. You're undefeated. You're number one. Um, <laughs> you're number one. Yeah, now, exactly. That's another point. <laughs> they just threw your number one on, on, um, on him on this. And I just wonder, I just wonder if the pressure doesn't get to him a little bit. And I think you can almost even no. start to point to that a little bit against, well, hold on before you say no. There were some curious things last week against Penn State. Zach, you brought it up. Um, just that last series with, with, um, with Justin Fields, like what were you thinking? Yeah. And preparation and in-game coaching adjustments, he has not been tested. I'm sorry, he just hasn't. And it worries me. So I, I, I tend to think that, you know, maybe, maybe this moment might be a little bit too big for him. And it makes me start to think, throw all the stats out and, and, and line up all the cliches, and Michigan's going to pull this game out for that reason, that reason alone. 
No way. That's not what you're But then I think. But then I think maybe there's some point in the middle of this game. I was talking with Sloaner about this. We were texting. And I was like, I'm going to predict Michigan wins this game. But then I thought, you know what? That son of a bitch, some point in the middle of this game, he sees the matrix. He literally, everything slows down. He understands exactly what he's doing. He understands he's essentially the one. We all think he's the one. And the moment isn't too big for him. And he actually pulls this out. And so I'm riding with my boy Sloaner. I think this game is 52 to 20. I think he is the one that's, he, he was meant for this. I can't believe it, but. I don't think the moment will be too big for him, and I think Ohio State just rolls this game. And we, we go back to every talent disparity that we've talked about already. We're the better team, and he gets it done. Wow. Nice. Nemo. Nemo, baby. That's great. You are funny. And, 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 and then former Trinity, because he loves Ryan Day. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I, I – Again, I would love to see that. You know, funny enough, uh, my father-in-law, Ken Meyer, his prediction was 52-21 Ohio State. So you guys both, uh, you guys are both kind of in lockstep. Well, Sloaner as well. And and that makes a lot of sense given, you know, all the numbers that, you know, I had mentioned earlier, just kind of, de- you know, digging deeper into Michigan's paltry running game and, you know, their inability to... Uh, you know, well, Shea Patterson's inaccuracy and inconsistencies. Um, you know, the other thing I was thinking is, statistically speaking, you know, Michigan's put up a, another really good, uh, Don Brown has put another really good defense out there this year, statistically. You know how I was just thinking, um, in, in there, are, there are offenses, like, you know, Mike Leach's offenses are always going to be really pass-heavy it's kind of a system. You know they say about quarterbacks? Well, he's a system quarterback, right? He puts up a lot of good numbers. But the system is designed for that quarterback to, to put up a lot of numbers, like in a Mike Leach offense. I wonder if the same thing kind of exists on the other side of the ball, though. And if it does, it would be a Don Brown defense, wouldn't it? I mean, I think Michigan has some good players. I'm, I'm not saying they don't, but I don't know. I still don't see a defense that's that has a bunch of frontline, uh, you know, beasts like Micah Parsons and Gross Matos, those guys from Penn State last week, those guys stood out to me as, you know, elite talent. And I just, I'm not sure I see that on Michigan's defense. I think they've got a good system uh, defensively, and you can plug guys in there who maybe aren't great talents, but can can play well and be effective. And I feel that's kind of what Michigan has defensively. I hope I don't end up eating those words, but I don't really see the Michigan defense as much different uh, from Wisconsin or Penn State. I think we did fine on that side of the ball. I expect Ohio State to be able to move the ball on the ground and through the air. I was much more conservative in my uh, prediction. I have Ohio State 38-17. to 17. Um, I just think too much talent. The motivation is there. Um you know the st- the statistical profiles of both teams don't do not point to a close game, and if I think if you're Michigan, you're clinging to, uh, you know, the hopes that Ohio State comes out of this Penn State game depleted. You're clinging to the hope that Justin Fields is dinged up, that uh, you know, as I said before, uh, Dobbins is worn out from so many carries last week. Um, I, you know, everyone's talking about how Michigan they they found something in the second half of the Penn State game. They still lost the fucking game. 
And since then, they beat a Notre Dame team that I don't believe in. I'm sorry. I don't believe in Notre Dame. No one's talking about Notre Dame. Look at their schedule when we hang up. They've beaten absolutely nobody. And then after them, you've got a 38-7 win at Maryland. You beat a, a Michigan State team that's in a tailspin. You beat Indiana, who's 39 and 14. Indiana's like the Washington Senators or the or the what was the team that Harlem Globetrotters play? It's like the generals, you know, the generals, the Washington Generals of the Big Ten. So I mean, that's kind of what you're hanging your hat on if you're Michigan. And if they're going to get Ohio State, it's not going to be this year. This team is just too damn good. The last time we rolled in Ann Arbor with a team this good. I think it was 2015, and the game wasn't close. Now, granted, that Michigan team wasn't as good as this one, so that's why I think this one's going to be a little closer. But I got Ohio State 38, Michigan 17. Any other comments, nice. guys? What do you guys right. think? Any, anything else uh, that we want to comment on? I I will say one thing: the sli- my sleeper pick of surprise Buckeye of the game is. I think Garrett Wilson may have a big game. Oh, I like that. All right, let's do that. Let's go around the horn real quick, and I want to get. Your kind of, you know, uh, sleeper pick or under the radar guy, somebody that maybe we don't see coming who's going to stand out. Okay, you got Garrett Wilson. Uh, Tim, you got a guy? Master Teague. Master Teague. All right. <laughs> wow. I like I love that. it. Well, and, and you know, after the, after the, the workload that uh, Dobbins had last week, I would think they're going to give more carries to Teague in this game. I like that pick. Paige, how and, about and, you? And, and, Sorry, go and ahead. With Tim. the weather, I think he's going to destroy their defense. I, I like that. I like it. Yeah, that's a nice pick. Paige, what do you think? You got a X Factor? How about, how about, Chase how about Austin Mack? Little oh, Austin yeah, Mack senior. action, right? Yeah. Se- last senior. Game. Nice, nice. Last game. I'll go. I'll roll with Austin. Well, he had he had that amazing catch in the 2017 game that really turned that that game around, right? That was on third and long. I think there was like consecutive false start penalties. You know, Haskins had just come in, and you know everything looked like it was in, we were in dire straits, and he made that amazing catch. Got drilled by the safety, hung on, and that ran. You know, the high state. To control the game from there. I like that pick. Chad, how about you? I don't know if this is going to be like under the radar, but I'm going to go with Benjamin Victor, man. He's All going right. to have a big game. I like that. Benjamin Victor. Okay. Yeah, that's a guy who's kind of been up and down throughout his career, but he actually has had some big moments. Uh, you know, like the Penn State yeah. game last year. He's, yeah, I like that one. Mike, how about you? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a defensive player. I think Harrison is going to have a lot of action in the game. He's, they're going to need him. They're going to run at him, or, or at least in his area. And he's going to make a big difference. He's going to. I'm going to say he's going to have Malik kind of or a, Zach. <laughs> yeah, is, is it is it Malik Harrison or uh, Zach? Malik, Harrison? No, the linebacker. The Malik. linebacker. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty-eight. Yeah. 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 yeah I like him. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to come into play. He's going to either going to, he's going to get some kind of a turnover and some kind of a game changer. All right. Well, this is hardly an under the radar player, and he hasn't been under the radar all year. But I like Chris Olave in this in this game to make his mark, much as he did last year. I know Michigan's going to be focusing on him, but I, Olave to me seems like the kind of player that's taking note of all the conversation around the Michigan receivers going into this game, and I think he's going to take this opportunity to say, hey, "Don't forget about me." And, and I'm looking for Olave to have another big game in this one. Z, look for Luke Farrell to have a big game. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, the tight ends. All right, I like it. Guys, any other comments on Ohio State-Michigan before we maybe have a quick peek at Wisconsin 
in Minnesota. All right, let's move on. Uh, so after Ohio State, Michigan, we will all be tuning in to find out our opponent in the Big Ten title game. Uh, Wisconsin visits Minnesota. It's on ABC. It's a 1230 Pacific kick, 330 Eastern. Uh, Michigan comes into the game number eight. Uh, according to the playoff committee, Wisconsin's number 12. Michigan, uh, Minnesota's 10 and one. Uh, Wisconsin's nine and two. Wisconsin is a two and a half point favorite in this game. Um, why don't we go around? You don't have to give a prediction if you don't want to, but let's go around real quick and get some impressions of this game. Mike, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, you know, I really, I love to see Minnesota pull this out. I don't know if they have it. Where is the game again? It's in Minneapolis. It's at Minnesota. Hmm. Good, good, good. All right. I'll pull, I'll go for Minnesota. It's mostly with my heart because I'd rather face them in the big, in the championship game. Um, I just think it'd be a more of a unique game. Yeah, I don't um, care. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, no, all right. Yeah, no, I mean, come on. I don't, I'm not worried about either one of those teams. Okay. But, um, you know, I know we can handle Wisconsin if, you know. Yeah, all Wisconsin right. Wisconsin beats them. Fair enough. Okay. Fine. Paige, how do you see that one playing out? Well, I, I'll say one thing. If we lose, and I'm not saying we're going to lose, I won't be watching any more college football on Saturday. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> hey, at 52-20, I think you're feeling very pretty confident. Very, very <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the TV How will be going lose on. If it's 52-20? <laughs> I didn't say. I'm just telling. I'm just making a point. I'll probably go on like a 13-mile run and just freak the hell out. But, um, I, I kind of – I, I'm with Mikey. I, I'd like to see Minnesota pull it out. I don't know. I just don't think they're going to. Um, I, I, I think Wisconsin's probably going to win this game, probably win it fairly convincingly, wow. unfortunately. Okay. In Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. Tim, yeah. Tim, how do you see this one playing out? Um. You know, I haven't uh, – I've obviously seen Wisconsin. I haven't seen a ton of Minnesota. I think if this were a bowl game, it'd be the who cares bowl. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I hope Minnesota wins because I'm just kind of tired of playing Wisconsin. We seem like we play them every year in the in the Big Ten Championship, and now we've played them in the regular season. Like, I actually think Minnesota's got some momentum as a team, as a program. Um, I, I can't say that I, you know, necessarily think they have better players. I think Wisconsin probably does, but Minnesota may have the momentum, so I'll go with Minnesota. Okay, Matt. Uh, I think this will actually be a pretty exciting game, and it will uh, be something fun to watch after our slaughter uh, against Michigan. Um, <laughs> I think Minnesota has the scar of a loss, which is a good thing. I think that will motivate them to come in and just take it to Wisconsin playing at home. They play very impressively at home, as you saw against Penn State. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a 24-17, uh, you know, snot knocker for the Paul Bunyan Award, whatever the <laughs> fuck they call it. Thing. I think that's right. Paul Bunyan's axe. That's Corcoran's. <laughs> That's Corcoran's favorite thing, right? <laughs> Mike, you didn't even talk about the trophy. <laughs> it's not a pig, right? It's an axe. Chad, did I get your prediction? Yeah. I don't think I did. How do you how do you see this one, Chad? I'll take Minnesota twenty-eight, uh, Wisconsin twenty-three. Yeah, I like. They're not going to beat. They're not going to beat Minnesota and uh, in Minneapolis. I don't think. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you, what, you like Minnesota? Sorry, go yeah. ahead, Chad. Minnesota. Oh okay. no! I mean, I know you're wrapping around. I wanted to hear your prediction, but I just wanted to give one final thought after you do your prediction sure. on, on the game. Uh, 
Yeah, I agree with you. I I like Minnesota in this game. I think they're more dynamic in the passing game. I th- I like their quarterback, and they've got two NFL wide receivers. Man, those guys can play. Uh, you know, they they came into the shoe last year and a different quarterback, but those two receivers, Johnson in particular, played really well. And you know, I think you've got to be balanced. You have to be dynamic in the passing game to to win a con- you know to at least you know get to a conference title game. I I, I don't know about Wisconsin. I I don't I don't think they've got enough offensively, and on the road. I'm taking Minnesota and the, and the fighting PJ flex Chad, what were you going to say before we wrap her up? Um, I just wanted to say, I think it's pretty sweet that uh, Sloaner's taking the train out to new Canaan to watch it with PG. I'm assuming <laughs> PVH, you and Corkin are watching the game together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Good, good. And Z, I'm sure you'll be with some crew out there, perhaps Simon or whatnot. Yeah, well, no, it's um, just me and my father-in-law. We'll be watching it together, but, you know, we're 3-0 oh, together, cool. so. <laughs> but I, got a, I, I just have a good feeling about the Sloaner Gallagher, like, uh, being together for this game. That that, I think that's from Chad, is it going to be uh, you, Monkey, and Courtney? <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be a negative. Now, I did ask Monkey to come, <laughs> I did ask Monkey to come down and watch it with uh, Hoax and uh, Davis and Smoothie and uh, Dolan and I, but he was like, oh, dude, I can't do it, dude. I'm I go, well, why not, bro? He goes, well, lots of reasons. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, oh I know God. one. Poor like, guy. Well, let's not go there, dude. <laughs> I'm like, okay, bro. <laughs> yeah, why, why don't you give his three new kids a hug for us all? all right fellas well hey listen thanks so much for making the time uh happy thanksgiving to all you guys and uh, enjoy the time off we will go bucks we will speak on sunday